This federal election has the most Indigenous candidates in history, with four running for the Coalition, 11 for Labor and a total of 17 for the Greens. In 2017, Lydia Thorpe, a Gunai Gunditjmara and Jabwaring woman, became the first Aboriginal woman in the Victorian Parliament. In 2020, she became the first Aboriginal Senator for Victoria in the Senate. In March, she introduced a private member's bill, the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples Bill 2022, that provides a framework and an ongoing process that aims to see the provisions of the declaration enshrined in Australian law. Senator Thorpe, welcome back to Speaking Out. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Just before we get into um, some policy discussion, I wonder if you can tell us where where you're from and what just made you decide to enter politics. I'm a Gunai Gunachamara and Japarung woman. Uh, I come from a very strong um, matriarchal line, and I've seen my people fighting for our people's rights in this country since I've been born. So in terms of why I entered politics is for the very reason um, that my people have have always stood up for our people. They've always fought for self-determination and I'm only continuing that legacy, but at a different, on a different platform uh, because our matriarchs and our, our older you know, our old people knew what to do. They, they have, we have our own law system in this country. And so to be able to enter into federal politics and understand the white man's law system um, and how in- inadequate that is for the rest of this country. I have admired the fact that, um, you know, it's it's easy to throw the bricks, but um, you've actually gone into the house to try and make a difference. I wonder if you can um, share with us why you decided the Greens as opposed to um, one of the major parties. Uh, well, the Greens values aligned with my own, and that is caring for country, grassroots democracy, which is uh, basically how we've maintained these these lands for thousands of years. We had a grassroots democracy of our own within our family clans. It's a consensus decision-making process. Um, We're not influenced by big corporations and mining companies who pay for votes, who pay for legislation to be legislated in, you know, this so-called parliament of this country. So I believe that the Greens um, have integrity and that, you know, they they walk the talk. Um, and that's a party that I'd rather be with rather than one that says that they support blackfellas and, you know, they, they're quick to vote on legislation that is a detriment to our people. And we see that with both the major parties. Just wanted to pick up on on one thing that you've done very actively. I mentioned it in my introduction, uh, and that was your bill on the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. And I was wondering if you could talk about the circumstances that led you to introduce that bill and what you're hoping it will achieve. Well, look, our, our mob have been fighting for a human rights... Well, this country's been calling for a, a human rights bill, a bill of rights which we still don't have in this country. And I think the United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People goes 
go some way towards a Bill of Rights. I mean, it's not perfect, but if we just had some of those basic rights outlined in the Declaration, then we would see benefits like closing the gap. We would see the... um, you know, um, incarceration rates and the suicide rates, we'd see all of those rates decline because we would have our basic human rights. We would have the right to self-determination. We would have our right to free, prior, informed consent. And these are issues that come up time and time again in Parliament, particularly when we go into inquiries such as the Jukan Gorge Inquiry or the Flag Inquiry, uh, all of those inquiries, particularly Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody and the Bringing Them Home Report, they all outline the need for self-determination and free, prior and informed consent. So we've got to stop tinkering around the edges and coming up with policies and legislation that goes against the principles that are outlined in that declaration. I'm surprised that no one has put it forward. I'm surprised that it hasn't been taken serious enough. And I think that Aboriginal people having rights in this country won't only benefit us and our families and communities, it will benefit this whole nation. And that's where we want the rest of the country to see the value in this. So they can be a part of it too. As we head towards the federal election, how would you describe your party's record on First Nations issues? Oh, look, the Greens have a, you know, a a platform of black Greens and we're very connected around the country. We have black Greens in every state and territory now and they are part of the community. They are part of the grassroots family clan groups, the nations, and they inform the Greens' policy. That It's totally self-determined by the blackfellas who are part of the Greens, which I think is incredible. And uh, the Greens, as I said earlier, walk the talk and listen to our First Nations networks across the country and act. They don't just listen and, and be a passive ally they are actually enacting policy from black grassroots mobs out there and putting it into legislation in this in this federal parliament. The impact that we've had in such a short time from just hearing from mob on the ground about how we can make even the worst legislation a little bit easier has, has come from the people. I'm just the... I'm just a mechanism to to put the message out there, but it comes from my people always. What are some of the key policies that the Greens are taking to the next election? Well, we need a treaty in this country. You know, we're one of only a few countries around the world that doesn't have a treaty with its first people. It's well overdue. Our people have been fighting for this for decades and decades. Uh, And we see, you know, the... The, ha- the sand through the hands of Gough Whitlam. We see all, you know, the Redfern speech. Everything that's happened in our history points towards a treaty. 
it's about and it's about justice and we need to set up a commission that provides a truth telling mechanism so the whole country can understand the true history of this country i mean it's so basic um kids at primary school learn this we just need the adults to learn it too um but treaty is certainly the flagship um policy that we're taking to the election as well as stolen gen and the, the need for um you know people who've been affected by being stolen as babies out of them out of their mother's arms you know compensation payments that have been given by government so far have just been a a drop in the ocean it's not going to change people's lives it's not going to buy them a home and so the greens policy on that is that we want you know $200,000 to be compensated to stolen gen members as well as $7,000 for their funeral we want to uh raise the age of uh legal responsibility and that's something i've been involved in before uh, i became a senator when i was the indigenous lead for amnesty international and i went to the communities i spoke to the communities who were dealing with the um the crisis of our babies that are being locked up for the most minor offences and you know we we live in a country where we're locking up 10-year-olds 11-year-olds these are babies who need to be in their homes and and in their communities and government to you know just kick the can down the road time and time again what you know once it was a priority for the attorneys general and then it drops off the agenda and we're back to square one we look at the recent report that came out on Banksia Hill juvenile justice system in in WA they've breached all the human rights standards and we have 74% of black kids in that prison in in 2020 like it's what there's nothing working the government have got it wrong the opposition have got it wrong so let's change the nation get it right do what we've been calling for for decades and decades implement the royal commission into aboriginal deaths and custody recommendations implement the bringing them home report and let's have a treaty it's simple as you say that you had a, a personal involvement in the campaigning to raise the age and juvenile justice has been kind of a hallmark of your work before entering parliament it's not surprising it's been something you've remained passionate about um are there other things on the greens agenda more broadly and i'm thinking particularly of things around caring for country and health that also i guess broadly fit into your personal priorities about what you're trying to achieve by going into politics Absolutely. And health and country are one in the same. And that's how blackfellas look at health and country is we can't be healthy if we have no country. We can't have country without being healthy. It's it's a holistic viewpoint that comes from the oldest continuing living culture in the world. And so caring for country is about um our policy particularly is in increasing ranges and um ensuring that people have employment opportunities on country and on sea country so that you know it's it's continuing that connection and the survival of not only their 
the people, but of the totems and the song lines that exist within country and, and our waters. So that's um, something we, we did see in the budget come out quite favourably for range of programs, which is great. It's something that we've been campaigning for. And in terms of health, uh, well, you know, it's all, it's got to go back to self-determination and we've announced $371 million uh, towards community-controlled health organisations and their workforce. We need to build the capacity of our health services. We've seen what they could do in the COVID outbreak. They were incredible. They did better than anybody else yet they're the most underfunded health services in the country. So our policies and our plans for the future, particularly in First Nations and justice, are about um, equality, they're about good health, they're about protection for protection of country, and they're about um, bringing this nation together, and, and that all comes from the people themselves. You were such a strong advocate in the community and have remained remained so when you were working at places like Amnesty and, and as you've entered federal parliament, you've remained a really strong voice on the issues you really care about. And of course, particularly for women, let alone First Nations women entering poly, tough place to be. And I wonder what your advice would be for other First Nations people, particularly women, who are thinking of entering politics. Well... It's a bit like, you know, being the only black kid in the basketball team and then more black kids come and play and more black kids come and play and it becomes more fun and safer and more connected and you create change from from that very level of understanding and communicating in a way that people understand. Like, in Parliament... There's so many white people who have no idea what it's like to to be poor, to uh, experience racism, discrimination, deaths in custody, child removal. They have no idea, these people. We need people in parliament that have lived experience. The place is full of lawyers and ex-mining giants. It's a sham. These are the people that are making decisions for your life. We need more black people in parliament and we need more um, women in parliament if we're going to have real change in this country. Senator Lydia Thorpe, thank you so much for spending time with us on Speaking Out and thank you also for your determination and being such an inspiration. My pleasure. That's Green Senator Lydia Thorpe. 